are the movies that the Oscars say are the best movies ever actually our favorite movies? We're going back in time to figure out what really were the best movies of a certain year. Today, we're going to 1998. Welcome to the People's Oscars. I'm your host, Dave Fimbo. Today, my guest is Matt Haran. Matt, thanks for joining us. You're welcome, Dave. Good to be here. Uh, so the idea of this podcast is to really get into what are the best movies and what are our favorite movies from a certain year. And to me, that distinction shouldn't really be that different. I feel like the Oscars have kind of made that a separation that we have to ignore what our favorites are in favor of this idealist best. And I don't see why that distinction needs to be made. Do you have any thoughts on that before we jump in? Yeah, Dave, I disagree with you a hundred percent. Okay. All right. This is going to be good. All right. Uh, so today, uh, the year we're addressing is 1998. And in fact, uh, going through this in advance, this was a murderer's row of movies. Uh, even like the 50th and 60th best movie of the year, uh, was actually kind of good. So this might be 50th and 60th best as determined by what? Like box office? As determined by like when I was like going through IMDb. And being like, wow, this is still a good movie. And I'm like five pages deep. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll, we'll dive in. Uh, this is in three parts. Act one will be the short list where we try to narrow it down to a manageable 10 or 15 or so. Act two will be the nominees where we have to agree on the five best in our opinion. And then act three will be where we award uh, our own best picture. So, Sounds reasonable. Without any further ado, we're going to dive in and run through the the sort of initial list. So I, I have a list in front of me. I, I haven't counted. I got maybe 25 or so. And I'm just going to kind of go lightning round-ish. And I want you to kind of, if you, if you think it's not even in the discussion, then we'll eliminate it. If you think it, you know, belongs in the discussion, you know, you always hear that on sports shows. They'll be like, oh, is so-and-so in the discussion for best uh, quarterback or whatever? This is the discussion that we're talking about here. Got it. All right. Saving Private Ryan. I would have to say yes. All right. American History X. Yes. Big Lebowski. Uh, the Truman Show. Ooh, I don't know. I'm a little lukewarm on that. Okay. Uh, I think it's in the discussion. So I, th- I think we should keep it for now. But uh, I, I'm willing to, you know, I'm not I'm not super high on it either. But I think we will keep it around for the moment. All right. Let's hear. There's something about Mary. Absolutely. Oh, okay. This is going to be... I, I have... I've, High hopes for this podcast. All right. Uh, uh, lot stock and two smoking barrels. Yes. Okay. Uh, are you familiar with a film called Run Lola Run? Never heard of it. Um, I really enjoy this film. The fact that you haven't heard of it does not surprise me as it's like a sort of independent German kind of film. Uh, so I'm going to go, is, is it in English or is it subtitled? I think it is subtitled. Uh, oh, so you had to stick a foreign film in just to well, add some cachet to your, okay. Podcast. So this is, this is one of those things like 1998 might be one of the best years for independent film. And I don't know if this really qualifies, but it's one of those that feels both independent and small yet quality in an unpretentious way before I feel like in modern times you only have the pretentious independent film. 
Well, you have a lot of good things to say about it, and I'm intrigued. So, well, um, I'm, I'm interested if for no other reason than I want to know what the hell this is about. Uh, I have a feeling it's not going to make our, our top five nominees if you've never heard of it, but we can at least uh, keep it around for the moment. All right, Rushmore. You're an ad man, Dave. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll stick around and let you try to convince me. Okay, uh, next one on the list, Rushmore. Rushmore, yeah. Okay. Thin Red Line. See, I would say no. Okay. Uh, I'm also, I saw it once and I thought it was good, but I haven't been compelled to see it in 20 years, so I'm, I'm fine losing it. Now, you know my memory is for shit, right? I uh, would attest to that. So, so this is a challenge for me. A lot, a lot of my analysis or gut reactions on what I think I think, but don't actually necessarily connect to reality. Is, is a thin red line, is that the Sean Penn World War II film? Uh, or is that a different person completely? It is uh, Sean Penn. Yes, that is correct. Well done. Okay. Uh, I mean, for starters, you know, it's a World War II film up against Saving Private Ryan. And I feel That's like sort of where I'm, yeah. it was always in the shadow. Uh, I, I would like to make a larger point here, though. You know, the idea that, you know, do we remember a movie and, you know, do we need to do research in advance of this podcast? And kind of my whole point was, no, we shouldn't need to do any research. We should be able to, you know, if we don't remember a movie or yeah. have feel compelled to see it in 20 years, then I would say it, you know, doesn't have cultural relevance. It's not one of the best movies of a certain year. Well, Dave, my only preparation for this podcast was eating a big meal and trying not to fall asleep after dinner, so... I appreciate your commitment to the show. Uh, Shakespeare in Love. No. We're losing it. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I have a strongly positive reaction to that film. Yeah, we're going to keep it around. All right, the the next three I kind of bucketed as the, the independents. The, the film Pi, P-I, are you familiar with that? You know, honest, oh shit, you know, when I saw that, I was like, I, I have your list in front of me as well, and I was thinking Life of Pi, but no, Pi is the one where it's like, a, I can picture the, the, God, this would have been a VHS, wouldn't it, in 98? <laughs> You're picturing the black VHS with the Pi symbol? I am, and it had all the digits of Pi, and that made up the Pi symbol. Um... It's a good flick. I don't know if it warrants... I, I thought it warranted mentioning, but I don't know if it warrants making the short list. Dave, I know absolutely nothing about that film. I couldn't tell you who's in it, what the plot is, or anything about it, other than what the VHS tape looks like. So it, it, we lost it. It's not on the short list anymore. But it had a nice cover. It is a nice cover. Uh, also in this indep independent category, SLC Punk and Buffalo 66... I thought they warranted mention. I'm fine. I don't know what either of those are. I'm fine losing both, but I just wanted to, you know, acknowledge that we covered our bases, <laughs> you know? <laughs> sure. Uh, all right. Two that sort of, uh, one's a definite rom-com, one's sort of a rom-com. You've Got Mail and The Wedding Singer. Do you have opinions on either one of those movies? Of course, I have strong... Uh, 98 was an incredible year. I, As I look at this list in front of me, I realize what a fabulous year it was. And my rationale for what I'm choosing and excluding will become clear also why I disagree with you uh, on uh, your initial point. But yes, I would absolutely include The Wedding Singer and get rid of You've Got Mail. Um, I'm fine with that. Uh, I would just like to say, as far as rom-coms go... I've seen You've Got Mail probably more than almost any of them, and it still holds up. It's pretty good for a rom-com. I will grant you You've Got Mail, but I couldn't bear to see the wedding singer cut at this early juncture. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and lose You've Got Mail, because I don't think, you know, we already know how we feel about it, but, you know, God bless Tom Hanks. Can we agree on that? I don't much care for Tom Hanks. God damn it, Matt. Are you serious? 
I mean, I want to like the guy. Oh. But... What? Me and Hanks go way back. I, I can't believe you just said that. That's just because you wanted to be his character and big. That's not even one of his good movies. Okay. <laughs> um. I mean, he's already on the list with Saving Private Ryan. Aren't we showing him enough love? We need to be uh, we a are, platoon we are. captain and a love interest. Who is he playing opposite? You've got male Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. One, one of the stronger Meg Ryan performances. Mm-hmm. All right. Armageddon. Ooh. Well, you know, I just watched the uh, the roast of Bruce Willis. I'm inclined to, to show him some love today. Okay, we're showing him love. Blade, Wesley Snipes, the tax evader. You can't, first of all, I don't see what the man's tax evasion has to do with this list. And secondly, the soundtrack alone qualifies Blade. Okay, so we're keeping Blade. All right, Dark City. Don't remember it. Uh, This was a Naraj pick, uh, and I think I liked it, but I also feel like it's kind of forgettable, and therefore I'm losing it. (laughs) <laughs> it came and went before I even knew what it was. <laughs> Sorry, Naraj. I'm, I'm, he's crying in his uh, rice-a-roni. All right. Ronin. You know, that, what is that? Jean Renault and uh, the De Niro is in that? De Niro, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have strong feelings about it, but I do love Jean Renault, and you can't deny Bobby D. So, so here's... Uh, this might be the first of many hot takes that I have. A good moment or scene does not a movie make. And I feel like Ronan is known only for a single car chase. Yeah. And so I I think Ronan is totally forgettable and needs not be mentioned more. All right, man. I'm not going to get in your way. Cap. Enemy of the State, Will Smith. Oh, see, I, I'm, I'm really, as we go through this list, I'm struggling because I'm remembering the cast, right? So I let Ronan fall from the list, but to me it's as much show and love to Robert De Niro and Jean Reno as the film. Uh, and so, you know, Big Willie style, like, at the height of his powers, I mean, it was not a great movie, but it's Will Smith. You know, fresh off his success on uh, Independence Day. I mean, he's in a little of a hot streak. I don't know how you can lock him out. I think Enemy of the State was ahead of its time. And if you told me, like, hey, we're watching Enemy of the State tonight, I'm like, yeah, I'm in. I'm probably not going to tell you that, Dave. Well, I'm leaving it it on the list for now. Okay. Out of Sight, George Clooney, Jennifer Lopez. Ugh, no. Uh, I'm keeping it on the list. We will de- we will debate this in the next round. Wow. Okay. <laughs> How do you like them apples? <laughs> yes. I, I kind of just want to start fighting with you, but but I guess we'll go through our initial list first. Okay. Uh, the Negotiator, Samuel Jackson, and Kevin Spacey. Have Dude, you- I can quote some of this movie this is uh oh god this is where he tells a joke about uh marines pissing in his hands and the, the beginning of the movie like the opening scene is like a 15 minute hostage negotiation that samuel L. jackson spoiler successfully negotiates so absolutely uh i actually rented this like within the last year so you know that showed- i once drove through we, we had a, a snow day and uh, so no school, and I once drove through a blizzard uh, in a conversion van that had uh, no speakers, just a subwoofer, uh, to pick up a Pizza Hut stuffed crust pizza and this movie, uh, braving the elements and risking life and limb just to eat piping hot Pizza Hut and watch this film several times on a snow day. So Jesus, yeah, that's, I'm in. that's quite the vivid memory. Okay. Isn't it poetic? And this is in the... Ten minutes ago, you said your memory was for shit, and now you're quoting Stuffed Crust Pizza from 1998. Yeah. Cap. Well, sometimes it works. Still in 1998, Rounders. Ooh, I know you feel strongly about this, so I won't even... 
I won't even voice an objection. Matt okay. Damon and so yeah. Uh, a perfect murder. Do you remember this movie? I remember it ish. Uh, not well enough to want to talk about it for the next half an hour. Michael Douglas, Gwyneth Paltrow, for the the fans at home. All right, we're we're gonna lose it for now, and forever because we're not coming back to nineteen ninety eight. Uh, I really think that one of the most interesting aspects of this is just like who was in what movies. So like, oh, that's what that person was doing that year, or like you know Tom Hanks, your best buddy. He's on your list twice for Christ's sake. So like, I don't know. I mean, that's interesting. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right, we got uh, maybe 10 more to go through. He Got Game. Yes. Cap. No question. Life is Beautiful. I'm going to go no on that one. I'm going to go no on that one. All right. Uh, the somewhat forgotten and I think underrated Urban Legend. Do you remember this movie? Uh, no, but I want to go back to Life is Beautiful for just a second because... Yep. Eve always uh, gives me a hard time because she says everything goes back to the Holocaust. You know, and so now I can say, as a Jew, I'm sick of hearing about it, and I want to drop Life is Beautiful for that reason. We already dropped it, Matt. It's gone. It's it's over. I know, but I wanted to say, as a Jew. <laughs> Junus acknowledged. <laughs> uh, do you remember the movie Urban Legend? No, not at all. Um so we're going to lose it, but I think it warrants mention. This was the following in the in the wake of Scream, and I know what you did last summer. Oh shit, that's right. And this was the one that they like reenact like cat in the microwave, and uh, like I think there's something with pop rocks or something. Maybe it was a dog in the microwave. I don't know. But Must be a cat. How are you going to fit a dog in your microwave? Sm- in the oven. Small dog. Anyways, the point is, uh, I think it was, I think I enjoyed it in, in 98. I'm losing it on the list, but, you know, I'm glad we had that reminiscing. Yeah, it was wonderful. It was good for me too, Dave. Okay. Uh, a simple plan. Explain. <laughs> uh, it sounds like we're losing it. Uh, I'm actually not that high on it. Uh, this is a, um, it has Billy Bob Thornton, and I think that it made a lot of critics top ten lists, but it doesn't have the, the cultural relevance, and yeah. I, I think we're losing yeah. it. Uh, okay, two movies that I, I sort of associate with each other, or I, I, I bunch them together for this list, Pleasantville and What Dreams May Come. Um, I don't much care about either of them. I just remember giggling that what dreams may come sound like wet dreams may come, and that would be a terrific pun. Uh, I'm sure there was an adult version made of that. Uh, Yeah. R.I.P. Robin Williams. Um, Okay, so we're losing both. I think both of those are, like, enjoyable-ish, but, you know, we're not, it's not flying off the streaming. Did it turn out that that it like wasn't so pleasant and they were like secretly racist anti-Semites or was it really that pleasant? I can't remember. Uh, I mean, I honestly don't remember if it, how it ended. All I know is that if they like, you know, popped a boner, it turned into color footage. So really, that was the whole thing. Like it started in black and white and then like, it's like, Oh, can I pin you? And then it's like color. Uh, I remember the black and white part. Okay, moving on. Uh, okay, two more movies that you may not be familiar with. Zero Effect? Nope. Happiness? Nope. Uh, how about Dirty Work with Norm MacDonald? Come on, Dave. How long have we been friends? <laughs> like, it doesn't even like, warrant like real consideration, but I couldn't like not even mention it. It merits lots of real consideration. Okay, we're, le- we're, we're Gary Coleman. Remember that that scene with Norm Macdonald and and oh god, uh, the fat ass on all guy at that time. Is that oh, Ar- fucking Artie Lang? Artie Lang, yeah. yeah. Who's great on crashing, by the way? 
Okay, so we're keeping. <laughs> we lost. Just to recap this last, like, we lost. Life is beautiful. Pleasantville. Uh, critically acclaimed happiness, and we're keeping dirty work. Just so we're on the same page. Yeah, and I'm prepared to defend that. All right, last one of 1998 to mention. Snake Eyes, starring Nick Cage. Yeah, I mean, you have to include Nick Cage on any comprehensive list of any year. I mean, shit, you could do this on a quarterly basis and Nick Cage would still show up. You know. Okay, so with that, we are now at 19 movies still in consideration. And Uh, how many did we cut? We cut at least 10. Uh, okay, so we did all right. We cut maybe 10, 15. Uh, I'm going to go ahead okay. and cut Run, Lola, Run, since you've never heard of it. <laughs> just, uh, I mean, I, I could listen to you talk about it. That's just, fine. I like, to, I like to listen to you I talk mean, to maybe you. go out and rent it after the podcast, you know. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, you know, put it in your DVD by mail queue and see what happens. Did you say that purposely? Yeah, of course. What do you mean? Do you think that, why is that fucking weird that I still get DVDs by mail? I don't, I don't think that's weird at all. Fucking, because I'll look, you know, the other night I wanted to watch Batman the Animated Series. Couldn't find it on any of my digital apps or subscriptions. Would have had to send away by DVD. Just saying. Just for uh, future generations, uh, the year is currently 2018, just so we establish... In case people are like combing through the archives, you know, centuries from now. I don't see why it's weird to want to watch what I want to watch. And maybe I have eccentric taste. I don't know. But what I want is never available, only by DVD. Okay, so that's our short list. We are, we are done with Act 1. And now, it really gets into the, the nitty and the gritty. So we have to take this list of 18 movies and agree on a top Five. This is at two, the nominees. Let me, I just want to know where your head's at before we get started. Do you have, like, a, do you already, I already have one that I know needs to be in my top five and I'm prepared to fight tooth and nail for it. Do you already have, like, a non negotiable or are you going in this, like, open minded? Uh, I'm, I'm generally open minded. I have, I've marked some that I like. But I'm I'm open minded. Um, I also don't want to give too much away uh, to kill the suspense of Act Three. I won't. I was. I mean, because you know what I'm gonna say. But well, I, I, well, I didn't. well, I don't know what you're gonna say. But let's not. Okay. So, do you have more than? <laughs> do you have two or three that you think you want to you know discuss first? Or well, you're the, you're the host, man. I'm, I'm I don't even remember half the movies. I'll follow you. Okay. Um. So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into the first three that we mentioned, and and kind of light, and we'll we'll just loop group those together and see what we think. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the top three uh, on the on the short list currently: Saving Private Ryan, Big Lebowski, American History X. Now, I'm not saying all three of those belong in the top five. I'm just, you know, putting them out for discussion. I think it would be hard to deny Saving Private Ryan. Um, I was just reading an article about it, actually, in the trip, because it's, what would it be, 20 years now um, since it came out. And they were talking about all the different ways. I want to say it was a Michael Phillips article, uh, one of my favorite uh favorite authors, bar none, let alone a movie critic, and talking about how the, the ground it broke and the different techniques that Spielberg used. And, you know, in light of, of those, those elements, I think that it needs to be considered. Okay. I'm inclined to agree with you, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a devil's advocate question here. When was the last time you think you saw Saving Private Ryan? Dave, I rarely rewatch movies. So for, for me, that is not, that, that's not uh, saying very much. There's only a handful of movies I've seen more than once, and those movies I've seen dozens of times. 
the 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 point I was driving at, and you weren't willing to concede. <laughs> I know where you're going. I mean, you're. It, it's one thing to make a groundbreaking film, sure, but if people don't, if it's people don't rewatch it and rewatch it, then groundbreaking, fine. But was it that great of a film, or was it something where people look and say, "Oh, that's interesting," and then move on? You know, like for, you know, let me let me throw this into the mix. If you were going to ask me, hey, you know, we're having a movie night. I, I got Rushmore and I got Saving Private Ryan. Which one do you want to pop in? Clearly Rushmore. But what is the criteria? When we well, when we're I, choosing our, our, I mean, we, is it personal favorites? Is it movies that you want to rewatch? Is it well, cinematography? Is it like, what? I, I think it's what we think is the best. And I think that what you want to watch the most, you know, on a Tuesday night in Peoria is, you know, warrants merit for what you think the best movie is, you know? I mean, what... I mean, on a Tuesday night in Peoria, I'm checking Google Maps to see how quickly I can make it back to the Chicago suburbs. But um, if I'm stuck in Peoria on a Tuesday, maybe I'll go to the Paradise. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Okay, so I feel like we're putting Big Lebowski in the top five. Yes. For the moment, I'm 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 putting in Saving Private Ryan. For the moment, I I feel like it's safe, but I'm I'm you know. Do we want to go ahead and pu- you know put Rushmore in the top five? Do you feel good about Rushmore? You know, I, you're winning me over. I. I'm inclined to, to follow your criteria as we choose. This movie is that that I would be interested in watching and rewatching, um, and and that being the case, then I think Rushmore satisfies the criteria mo- many times over. Um, it's also I think it was Wes Anderson's second film. I want to say Bottle Rocket predates Rushmore. That's correct. But uh, I mean, it just it establishes him. It's one of the movies that establishes his style. And I feel like he has been, it's so innovative and he's somehow managed to uh, maintain fidelity to that style and yet still his films feel fresh. Okay, I have, so, a, I have a really spicy hot take for you. Okay. I think Wes Anderson should have quit making movies after Royal Tenenbaums. I think you're an idiot and an asshole. <laughs> Like, I haven't enjoyed... Like, I like Rushmore. I like the Royal Tenenbaums. I haven't enjoyed a Wes Anderson movie in 15 years. What did you not like about the Grand Budapest Hotel? It was boring and shitty and slow. Oh. Well, you just don't appreciate genius, I suppose. I suppose. I mean, Moonrise Kingdom was, you know, dog shit on celluloid. Celluloid? Film. Oh, uh, yeah. I I like Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, I I like right, we're, most we're, of the things he's done, but Rushmore is in. That's another conversation. Okay, okay. Later. I, I put Rushmore in at the moment. All right. When I, when I first said Truman Show, you 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 sounded weak on Truman Show. I just I didn't like it. If we're gonna go if we're gonna go top five. Uh, if we're, if we're narrowing down a top five already, I cut it. I just I didn't find it okay. to be a particularly enjoyable movie. I found it implausible, but like in an annoying way. I mean, I know it's a movie, right? So it, it makes its own rules and you choose to buy in or not. I didn't buy in. Uh, I liked it and I've gone back to it and I, it still holds up. But I'm not going to fight you on that. It's I don't think it's in the top five. So You know what's better than Truman Show is Ad TV. Don't you fucking dare say that. I did, and I'll stick by it. Oh my god. EdTV is in the top three worst movies movies I've ever seen. Really? Goss- like- Gosford Park also makes the list. Oh, I haven't seen that. Uh, I, I don't want to get a sidetrack because we'll be here all night, but EdTV sucks. Uh. Well, I stand by my original statement of you being both an idiot and an asshole, and we'll continue. Okay. Um, Alright, I'm going to go about this a different way. Here's some movies I, I don't want on the list, okay? Yeah, sure. 
I don't want there's something about Mary. This is this is going to be increasing uh, levels of pain for you, okay? But but I want you to dissent, okay? I don't. No. I don't. Hold on. Let me go all three. I'm going to peel the bandaid off. Uh, I don't want lot stocked in two smoking barrels, and I don't want fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Now go ahead and convince me on any of those that you think warrants consideration. I mean, there's something about Mary's not a great film. Um, when you put it up, I, I put that in the same category as, say, like The Wedding Singer, which we also have in. I think one of those could make it. If I had to choose, you know, it, it's a rom-com without being romantic, uh, which is what I like about it. It's just goofy shit uh, that's fun and quotable. So I'm willing to uh, strike... Um, something about Mary uh, if we can continue uh, to consider Wedding Singer. What, hey, what, I'm not, I didn't say anything about Wedding Singer yet. I'm just saying, man. I, I, I'm, you know, when I, think about this, when I think about there's something about Mary too, first of all, I hate Cameron Diaz. I think she's shit. <laughs> man, we are, we are unloading the, the hot takes. I love it. All right. I just don't, I don't, I don't find her to be particularly attractive. Um, so I, I don't see her as like leading lady gorgeous. She's a pretty woman, but she's not not uh, uh, leading lady gorgeous. And then another thing that pisses me off about that movie is that like one of the jokes was about a person with a mental illness. Like that was one of the most quotable lines. Like, have you seen my baseball? Like that was the funny thing is making fun of a person with a mental handicap. And, and I know that like Ben Stiller's character rushes, you know, defends him and so on and forms a genuine bond but like why are we laughing about someone splooge and his hair and, and like fucking making fun of people with mental illnesses so I'm willing to strike it alright it's struck also fuck Brett Favre fuck Brett Favre yeah, well, how do we how did that movie make it this far I'm glad we got rid of it alright I'm, I'm glad you're on board uh, are, are you willing to part with Lockstock why? Why are you? Are we getting rid of Lockstock? Uh, I don't know that I liked it the first time, and I certainly haven't gone back to give it more time. I don't know. Um, I'll tell you what. I'm willing to lose Lockstock, but only because it is inferior to Snatch. I feel like, in a lot of ways, Lockstock was like um, Guy Ritchie's AAA effort, and then Snatch was like, okay, now he's in. Now he's in the big leagues. <laughs> I didn't like Snatch either, but that's that's for another year. It was probably like six months later. I remember, I remember watching Snatch first and then going back to watch Lockstock and be like, oh, that's the same movie. Um, okay, I also want to cut Armageddon while we're here. Like, it's it's popcorn, it's fine, but it's not a no, top five. that's fine. It's not a top Whatever. five. Yeah, I really don't care for Aerosmith either. I mean, like... Like yeah. it, it was the right song for the movie and for the time, you know. But it was also exceptionally long. I don't, I don't like those like three hour like multiple ending movies. It just irritate me. Except for Face Off, that movie can be as long as it wants to be. <laughs> oh man, nineteen ninety seven is going to be a, a good podcast. Okay. Oh, is it ninety seven? I, I think Face Off is ninety seven off the top of my head. Face Off and Con Air. Independence Day in the same summer. I want to be back for that one. Can I make a guest appearance? <laughs> you want to come back for 97? Uh, Face Off okay. is 97. Uh, Con Air, I want to say 96? Yeah, it might have been. It would have been a busy... That would have been a busy... Oh, no, no Con Air Nick is Cage 97. Standard. So Nick Cage, 97, Con Air and Face Off. Just, you know... Did you make the argument that's the best summer any actors ever had. <laughs> you, you'll have to come back for the 1997 episode to make that argument. Can I just come back for the Nick Cage podcast? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So just to recap where we're at, we, I have Big Lebowski, Saving Private Ryan, and Rushmore currently penciled in the top. You tried to get rid of Fear and Loathing. Don't act like I consented to that. Well, we, we got two more spots, and let, let me run through what we have left for the two more spots, okay? American History X, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Blade, 
Wedding Singer, Enemy of the State, Out of Sight, The Negotiator, Rounders, He Got Game, Snake Eyes, Dirty Work. God, that's a lot of good movies. That's a lot of good movies. That's a lot of good movies for two spots. Yeah. Um, Is there anything that you want to cut? I've cut a few. Is there anything that you feel lukewarm on? I mean, if we're being honest, we have to get rid of dirty work. That movie is absolute horseshit. As much as I love it. <laughs> okay, so we, we, Norm Macdonald, we love you, but it was, yeah, uh, you made it to the top fifteen, which is probably higher than any other critics list of ninety-eight. Yeah. So I mean, you know. Gary Coleman, yeah, bring it, come on, bring it, like in that Fever Dream. So right. good. Anything else you want to cut right now? I mean, I think he got game needs to be cut too. Ray Ray Allen is. Uh, you know, an astonishingly handsome young man in that movie, but his acting chops are just remarkably poor. Um, Even Denzel can't can't keep him afloat. Although Denzel is pretty damn good in that movie. I thought this movie was actually like a dark horse for maybe a top five, but it wasn't on mine. I, I was it was gonna be one of those like if you loved it, I was willing to consider. I would make a strong case for it. I mean, of all like when you think about the other like NBA star turned actors, you know, like Jordan and fucking, uh, what was that movie? Space Jam or the Shaquille O'Neal movies. I mean, those are outrageous. I mean, they're, they're not even trying, right? I mean, they're just, they're making money on who they are. Whereas Ray Allen, I mean, God love him. He works, he works, he tries and didn't, doesn't really pull it off as Jesus Shuttlesworth or whatever. But I mean, he tried. Okay, I'm going to cut to the chase here, all right? Of those ten that I just read off, I think there's three in my mind that are cut above, and we have two spots at the moment. Cam? All right. The three in my mind, American History X, Out of Sight, and Rounders. I mean, I don't even know what Out of Sight is. Remind me again. I feel like you would love it. Uh, it's George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez. It's famous for, they have a scene in the trunk together. Uh, it's directed by Steven Soderbergh, who's gone on to make a bunch of good famous movies as well. Is it like a heist movie, a spy movie? I I don't even, I don't even know. Uh, George Clooney is a bank robber, but it's sort of like, you know, it, it predates Ocean Eleven, but it sort of, like, has some of the same kind of George... That, that, see, here's the thing, though. That was such a cliche in that time period. Because that was, um... What was the one with uh, Sean Connery and um, that other pretty lady? <laughs> that other pretty lady? <laughs> uh, you know... Uh, are you thinking of Entrapment? Yeah, thank you. With the fucking lasers and <laughs> the her lasers, big, yeah. gorgeous booty... I mean, like, there there are a lot of movies of that genre. So, because they were just, I mean, maybe that was the best of it, that genre. But I it just it doesn't stand out to me for that reason. It's just one of many, like. Okay. Uh, I feel like you would like Out of Sight, but I'm gonna have to, you know, default to my original, uh, theory that you know, if you're if it doesn't have the cultural relevance that you even remember it you know, is it even in consideration for a top five? All right. Get out of here. Uh, out of sight, you were on my list for top five, but I, I, I'm, I'm cutting you. Hey, uh, can we get rid of the negotiator then as long as we're cutting? Yeah, it's, yeah. Did we already cut it? I can't well, it, it, no, but I was trying to focus in on uh, the positives at the moment now that we have a manageable list. Uh if we're losing out of sight, I feel like American History X now becomes has a clear path to the top five. Are are you well, are you in or out on that? I'm in, but I've only seen it once. Cam, and the other three movies that we have in right now, what are our, our three movies that are already in the top five? Big Lebowski, Saving Private Ryan, and Rushmore. You know, I'd almost get rid of Saving Private Ryan for some of this other stuff. Holy shit. Oh, man. Now, okay. 
The Big Lebowski and Rushmore I've seen multiple times over. All right. Well, I'm I'm trying to make progress here. Now you now you're taking one step back here. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. I think we can. I think we can have one. I, I don't think we need both American History X and Saving Private Ryan. They're both movies that I think were terrifically made. I love the hell out of them. Only seen them once. Okay. Well, so here's the deal. We got two in at the moment. We need three more. So what are you proposing? You know, are you? I am proposing Fear and Loathing. I think that's a terrific film. Fear and Loathing. Wow. Okay. Here's the thing: it's Johnny Depp at the absolute height of his powers, and I said that facetiously earlier. But in this case, it is true. So much so that he lost himself in that role. I mean, he he became Hunter S. Thompson. He would go out to his ranch in Idaho. and I mean, I, I defy you if you just hear an audio clip to distinguish between the two of them. I mean, he became the guy. So as far as the acting work, it's unrivaled. Right? All right, I mean, Hunter all right. Thompson chose that. Go ahead. You're a guest, and so here's what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do for you. Okay? I'm going to give you a choice. You get to put one of these in. Would you rather have Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas or The Wedding Singer? Oh. That's easy. Fear and loathing. Okay. You got fear and loathing. Uh, in exchange for giving you that, I'm going to suggest... Well, can I just say <laughs> what? that the soundtrack to The Wedding Singer is phenomenal. Oh, unquestioned. When, unquestioned. When, when he loses his shit, somebody kill me now. I've been listening to a lot of The Clash lately. So brilliant. But yeah, I, th- I think that at the end of the day, if I had to choose, I would have to choose fear and loathing. Uh, I've proposed... To Britney three times now. The third time, I unironically used the song from the end of the Wedding Singer, where you don't know how. Oh no, that's the one where he loses his shit. What's the one at the end? <laughs> the the sweet one. Oh, I'm old with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah that one. With, with Billy Idol on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it it still yeah, holds up. It still holds up. Um, okay. John Lovitz. Remember when John Lovitz had a career? What happened to him? Okay. It's now become clear to me. We we have a top six. If you ignore the wedding singer, okay. Well, let me go through our top six. Big Lebowski, Rushmore, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Rounders, Saving Private Ryan, America History X. We have to lose one. Of those. Well, in the interest of fairness, the movies I'm most interested in keeping are Lebowski and Fear and Loathing. So, as far as our last cut, um, I'm willing to hear your arguments to the others. I don't feel nearly as strongly about those um, as I do about Fear and Loathing and Lebowski. I honestly would probably have The Wedding Singer in above any of those other films. But in the interest of fairness, wow. I, I'm honestly surprised and am a little impressed, but mostly surprised, the, the love for the wedding singer. Hey, why don't we get rid of Blade? I don't remember getting rid of Blade. I fucking love that movie, too. You just fucking snuck that in. <laughs> just saying. Blade. Okay. <laughs> Snake Eyes, Blade, and Enemy of the State never officially got crossed off, but they didn't rise up for me into the top six. You're, you're, you're gonna What's ch- wrong with Blade? <sighs> Fucking the music, the, that scene with the blood at the beginning of that movie, I swear to you, on Adam McMillan's 55-inch giant box of a big screen in a room that was much too small to accommodate it, we must have watched that scene dozens of times in a row. We would just fucking rewind it. Okay, so now... And then when Wesley Snipes is looking for uh, the one asshole, and he's like, Brah! remember? And his teeth are falling out, and the sun's frying him. That's powerful stuff, man. Okay, so <laughs> with your insistent love for Blade and Wedding Singer, now we're back up to eight. So we still have, we have to cut three off this list. Oh, we can get rid of Blade. I just wanted to talk about it. Okay, we would just lost Blade. Blade, you, you came back... You are in our hearts one more time. 
And now you're down. All right. So now we're down to seven. I just, if Wesley Snipes ever listens to this, I want him to know that I really cared about his performance in that film. And it ruined his life, too. I mean, after that movie, that's when he got, like, super buff. Like, remember his character in Major League? He looked like a normal human being, but then he, like, became Blade, but not in a good way. Uh, Major League, by the way, you know, I mean, you know, if we ever do 89, it, I think it almost warrants a fast pass to the top five. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. It also belongs in the top five of best sports movies ever made, but that's another conversation for another day. All right. We, we, we got to cut two more. Rounders, Saving Private Ryan, American History X, or Wedding Singer. So, like, Rounders and American History Act are, and, and Saving Private Ryan are washed to me. I really, I don't have strong feelings about any of those films. Well, okay, let's, let's, let's do this. Rounders and American History Act, both Ed Norton. Let, hmm. let, let's represent Ed Norton with one of those two. Which would you rather have, Rounders or American History X? Um, as a Jew... I'll go rounders. Not everything has to come back to the Holocaust. Well, I mean, this wasn't technically the Holocaust, but I'll still go rounders. I like Matt Damon quite a bit. Okay. Oh, and that's funny that you just mentioned that because rounders, also Matt Damon, Saving Private Ryan, also Matt Damon. So we so, have, we put rounders in the top five. So now it's down to Wedding Singer or Save It Private Ryan for the last spot. Well, could you could we apply the same logic? Um, we got rid of uh, American History Act, which was in that Norton film to put him in in Rounders, and then Saving Private Ryan. We already have Matt Damon in in Rounders, and as I've said previously, not a huge Tom Hanks guy, so I'm happy to get rid of him. As much so really is the debate between Saving Private Ryan and The Wedding Singer because that just makes me smile. It really is. And as much as I th- like the whole point of this podcast is to represent the people, the, you know, to be a populist point of view. Uh-huh. It seems a, a touch too far to claim that The Wedding Singer is a better movie than Saving Private Ryan. You've seen it more often than you've seen Private Ryan, haven't you? I have. You which which movie do you think of more often? Like when you're just out and about in your daily life and you see something, it reminds you of a movie. Which movie? I mean, I don't think either one is. I don't think any of these movies are coming into my life on a on a daily basis when I'm at Target. But uh, I mean, you, have you ever proposed to your wife? a line from Saving Private I, Ryan. I, I haven't. I really haven't. Uh, I mean, if you go by, you know, achievements in film and filmmaking, you know, Saving Private Ryan, a higher level of difficulty. But also at the same time, you know, is it actually harder to you know, shoot some guns at each other, or is it harder to make people laugh and cry? I think, unquestionably, Saving Private Ryan is a more challenging film to make, but that's not the point. I mean, shit, Dirty Work was probably made for, like, what do you think the budget of that was? $5,000 in a bag of onions? And that made it to our top ten. So, like, (laughs) you know, I just... I like Adam Sandler. I think he's underappreciated for the joy he's brought to so many people. Um, all right, just to you know, put this out there, just to make sure we gave it our due diligence. If we lose Saving Private Ryan, you know, do we think that it's better than any of the following five: Big Lebowski, Rushmore, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Rounders, or The Wedding Singer? I'm not a huge fan of Rounders, but you've made a strong case for it. Rushmore, not my favorite Wes Anderson movie, but I do love it. 
I love uh, a young what's his face. I mean, it was, it was like one of the first times they got the whole cast together, right? Jason Schwartzman and okay. Bill Murray. As much I, as I got a well. I wonder if Saving Private Ryan actually belongs more than Rounders, despite our vigilant love for Ed Norton. I'd be fine with that switch. It se- it seems almost, you know, what what I don't want is to be the the backlash, like, you know, oh, like, you've seen the articles on Slate, like, Actually, Thanksgiving f- has the worst food. You know, you've seen that kind of like bullshit journalism right. where, where, you know, they, right. they, they tape something and they're like, actually, you know, and so I don't yeah, want to, I don't, bit. I don't want to come out and be like, you know, oh man, saving private Ryan sucks. You know, what's good is, you know, rounders and wedding singer. You know, like, I'm not here to, I, I think part of the reason you, you guys were, I mean, you played a lot of cards, right? So I wonder if part of your affinity for rounders is the fact that that you you love playing poker so much, and it appeals to the, like the that genre, the plot is, is something that appeals to you. All right, I mean we we've gone deep, and we haven't even mentioned John Malkovich's name yet, but uh, I, I I'm willing to yeah, God, that's a great line all day long. Check check check. <laughs> Quit splashing the pot. Okay, fuck it. Let's do okay. it. Let's do it. Let's cut Saving Private Ryan and put in Rounders. Oh my God, John Malkovich, all day long. Okay. I can't do right. the accent, but with the, yeah, okay. All right, so you know, sorry, Hanks, Matt Damon. Uh, you know, how hard is it to shoot guns at each other? You know, quite a bit of, of, of star power, were, firepower. Were, were they even? That. Were they even real guns, Matt? No, probably not. I imagine, much like in uh, Jim Barney's classic, Ernest Goes to Prison, uh, they were just using soap that they colored with shoe polish. All right. So that, con- <laughs> that concludes Act 2. Uh, let's take a quick sponsor break. Do you know where to post to find the best talent? Have you ever looked around your office and thought, I'm surrounded by fucking morons? Nothing but mouth breathers playing grab ass as far as the eye can see? Use ZipRecruiter and fire all these useless assholes and hire people that know not to shit in the coffee pot. Use offer code FUTSTICK to save 10% on your first month. And we're back. Well, I'd like to open the third round of the question for you, Dave. <laughs> yeah, Matt. <laughs> Do I want to go with tequila or, wait for it, gin? Gin, of course. All right, I'm sold. Continue. Okay, so before we jump into uh, Act 3, a quick refresher of what actually happened uh, for the Oscars in 1998, okay? Okay. The, The five Academy Award nominees. Elizabeth. Life is Beautiful, Shakespeare in Love, Saving Private Ryan, The Thin Red Line. To be clear, none of the five <laughs> made our list. Yeah, we got rid of some of those <laughs> pretty, pretty damn quick, man. <laughs> Elizabeth didn't even, I don't even know if I even mentioned it. Like, it was so far off my radar. I don't know, is that like a Shakespearean thing? It's a, it's a queen. It's bullshit. Oh. Um, Makes sense. And they uh, they gave the, the best picture to Shakespeare in Love. Uh, <laughs> notably, a Harvey Weinstein picture. Is it notable? Everything was a Harvey Weinstein picture back then, no? I mean, I'm, I'm using, you know, his tainted taint to... To, to cast aspersions on the movies I don't like, you know? Thank you, Charlie Kelly. You're casting aspersions. Uh, <laughs> okay, it's time. Uh, I think Act 2 is probably the toughest section, but now it's time for, yeah. for Act 3, the final section. Uh, and this time we don't have to agree, so that's nice. You can take your stupid, shitty opinions and, and run with them. Oh, that's, 
That's nice. Well, yeah. I wish you wouldn't judge my opinion so harshly. I mean, it's a matter of taste, but okay. Um, so this is where we have... Oh, should, should we uh, let the listeners in on you know your cocktail-making process? Yeah, I'm using a spherical cube so as to cool my drink but not water it down. And I'm planning on using my favorite gin... Old Tom Gin Ransom, which is a lovely floral gin with just a little bit of Q-tonic. So as, again, not to overpower the alcohol. Well, that was a waste of time. Okay, so uh, we have five nominees. We each get to pick not only which we think was the best picture, but then also uh, award it to one person or one feature of the film, such as like the soundtrack, for example. Oh, sure. So, um, I, I would like you to to go first. You get you get the honor. You're the guest. Okay. Um, you know, before you reveal, do you have it already in your mind, or do you need to kind of discuss? Um, I have had it mind before we started talking okay yeah. uh well uh without further ado uh the oscar the people's oscar for 1998 goes to the big lebowski of course uh talk to me about the big lebowski and why why you think it's the the best movie of 1998 okay firstly the coen brothers are just phenomenally talented. Uh, and what you have to understand going into The Big Lebowski is that it's a farce. The plot is deliberately obtuse and almost irrelevant to the, to the, to the movie itself. It's an, the plot is an opportunity for phenomenal character actors to explore their, their characters and their interactions and to sort of populate a universe. So that's what I, what I love so much about the, the, the Big Lebowski. Uh, it draws you in. Um, and Jeff Bridges' performance as the dude, for my taste, is possibly the greatest movie performance this side of, uh, you know, uh, Al Pacino's turn in The Godfather. I feel very strongly about his portrayal of the dude. I... I... I hear that. But then the other thing is that there's not a weak performance in the, in the film. Even actors who have very little dialogue and very little to do, Steve Buscemi as Donnie, God, what a brilliantly understated performance. It's just a confused nincompoop or, um, you know, uh, uh, God, Walter Sobchak, who, who, I can't remember that guy's name. I should. John Goodman? Yeah, yeah, as I'm waxing poetic. Uh, yeah, John Goodman as uh, Walter Sobchak, again, um, you know, a career-defining role for him. Uh, <laughs> Steve Buscemi's been in a number of movies, and he's had bigger, more forward parts. He's carried movies. Yeah. Uh, I think Big Lebowski is Steve Buscemi at his best. Oh, yeah, I, I agree with you for sure. It's, it's not about uh, carrying the movie. It's about, um, you know, contributing to, to the, the total. Um, you know, it's like a painting, right? It's, you don't have to be the color that's used most often, but, you know, this one brush stroke could, could make the work complete or leave it empty. And I feel like Steve Buscemi or John Turturro's work as uh, Jesus, same thing applies where... Although relatively minor characters, without them, it's an incomplete work. Um, I mean, beautifully well said. Uh, I would add that, you know, not only does it, it hold together, you know, in every way, but just like the amount of scenes and the subtlety that some of the lines are delivered, uh, just really ahead of its time, I would say. Are you thinking of anything in particular when you say oh, I mean, subtlety? 
I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it, this line gets a lot of love, and it's not necessarily my favorite line. You know, obviously, you're not a golfer. Yeah. Um. Uh, the the line from Maud, you know, the plot is ridiculous. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, just just every kind of you know, I I just love the way the scenes play out. Yeah, one of many of my favorite scenes. They're entering the bowling alley, and um, like the camera doesn't even show John Goodman on screen yet, but he's having a conversation about the tenets of like national socialism and so on. And so, like, it's following uh, the dude and Walters. They enter the bowling alley, the tracking shot, and then middle of the conversation. They get up to, uh, you know, the lane, and Donnie's already sitting there. John Goodman turns to, to the dude, and he goes, you know, it's like Lennon said, to which Donnie goes, I am the walrus. <laughs> the, the, the interplay of the dialogue where they're at once not reacting to each other and then reacting to each other 10 seconds behind each other is, yeah. is impressive. Um, I have to mention this is pointed out to me, the scene where he goes up and doodles on the notepad oh, yeah. to reveal the yeah, note. Yeah. That's a penis. Yeah. So like he does it and he reveals it and he like looks at it and then he goes back for like one more little notch that doesn't actually reveal anything more, <laughs> but just the idea that like he saw the entirety of it and he's like, I just want to see a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, you know, the little touches just get me. Um, yeah. Well, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and you know dispense with the suspense. Uh, it's also my choice for the People's Oscar 1998, the Big Lebowski. Really? I thought you were going to. I thought you would go rounders on that one. Um, no, I, I had I had Big Lebowski all the way as well. Uh, even before Did we. You, I thought you were slow playing rounders. In, no. in the spirit of rounders. <laughs> that, that that would have been quite well done, especially the, there was a couple of moments where it was on the outs. Uh, mm-hmm. But no. But it's your podcast, so it was never really on the outs. Well, I thought you were going <laughs> to bring it all around, tie a bow on it, talk about how I was, it almost got cut. I was actually slow playing the Big Lebowski. I didn't want to instantly advance it for fear that it would be obvious that it was the best picture all along. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, you know, easily the most, you know, not just culturally relevant, but rewatchable and just enjoyable from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, so now the, the last question and possibly the toughest uh, between you and me to agree, and we don't have to agree. Who do you, who would you like to accept the Oscar? Uh, you may be alluded to it already, so I'll go ahead and let you speak. Who do you think is... The one person or one aspect of the movie. Okay, so the obvious choice is Jeff Bridges as as the dude. Um, however, I think you can make a really strong case for the cinematography. I, mean, I think it's easy to dismiss The Big Lebowski as a really quotable movie for stoner degenerates, right? Um, however... When you think about just the, the variety of the different scenes, for instance, um, the scene when he's super stoned and um, the, um, I just came in to see what condition my condition was in, when he's like floating through the air going underneath the, gr- the girl's legs and ends up, um, you know, knocking down the pins, right? Yep. Uh, that's incredible. The scene where um, Jeffrey Lebowski uh, is sitting in his wheelchair in front of the fire and he's upset and he's, what is a man? What does it take to be a man? And he had that classical music that's reaching its crescendo and, and the dude is, is reading that ransom note and this tension is building and building and building and at the end of the scene, he goes, is that what it takes to be a man? The resolve to do what's right? And the dude, it, it, this crescendo of emotion goes, hmm. That and a set of testicles. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> you made a, a compelling case for both Jeff Bridges and cinematography. Who would you like to accept the Oscar? I'm going to go unconventional. I'm going to go cinematography. 
Um, it's, it's a bold choice. I appreciate the unconventionalness. Uh, for me, I go back and forth, and it's either Bridges or Goodman for me. Uh-huh. And I think I probably laugh more and appreciate all of the subtleties and the little hidden uh, just facial expressions of Jeff Bridges. Uh-huh. But in doing my research for this, because you know I do research, uh, Jeff Bridges has actually been nominated for an actual Academy Award. For uh, what, Crazy Heart or whatever? Uh, he was not nominated a couple times, actually. Yeah. Uh, John Goodman has never been nominated. Really? I guess that doesn't surprise me all that much. And yeah. if I'm going to go ahead and, you know, call those performances, you know, a dead heat in my mind, I'd like to go ahead and invite John Goodman to accept the People's Oscar. Uh, long overdue recognition, in my opinion. Yeah, I... I... I can absolutely see that. And that, that's what, what makes the movie so brilliant. I mean, you could give it to multiple aspects of the film, the soundtrack. Um, you can make a strong case for that as well. So, for sure. Uh, well, uh, that concludes 1998. Uh, I'd like to thank Matt Haran. Uh, if you hated something, loved something, or want to suggest a year, or just have a question, you can email in at the people's Oscars at gmail with no apostrophes uh thank you matt haran it's been a pleasure dave simbo the dude abides <laughs> well played